What's up, everyone? This week, we are releasing our episode of Ungroundable with Lisa Schwartz for the holiday week. We had a great time on Lisa's podcast, and so we're releasing it on our channel here as well. Have a great holiday, everyone, and we'll see you in the new year. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Ungroundable with me, Lisa Schwartz, and mom, who is sadly not here, but she is on the up and up, y'all. So thank you for sending all your love towards her. I am so excited about today's episode, you guys. This is a first. We have two awesome people joining us. That's Mike Glazer and Mary Jane Gibson. And they are from, I'm actually like legit a little bit intimidated because they have an amazing podcast called Weed and Grub. And um, I just hope that they think I'm doing a good job. <laughs> Am I oversharing already? Yep, but they are about to overshare. Today we are talking about skipping classes and cheating. And um, I'm just so thrilled. So let's get right into it. If your parents only knew of the shit you used to do, you'd be grounded for a long, long time. Thank you so much. I have to like straight up say that I am intimidated because I feel like you guys are the podcast masters and I am humbled that you've on my little podcast. Wow. I'm so excited to be here. This is freaking awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I just think you guys are great. And I am just um, in awe that you're able to take a passion that sometimes has such a stigma against it and just do it. And it brings so much joy and like love and light to it. And I think that's awesome. And you're making careers out of things that you love and ways to connect with people. And I think that's beautiful. Wait, are you talking about weed or arguing about sandwiches passionately? Which Honestly, one are you talking both. about? Honestly, <laughs> both. <laughs> What's the main sa sandwich argument if a hot dog is a sandwich? Well, that's a good one. We were actually looking today on Twitter because the apple emoji, like there's two different burger emojis and one of them has cheese on the bottom bun. The, the Google emoji for a burger yeah. has bun, cheese, burger, tomato, lettuce, bun, which is just categorically wrong. It's crazy. What is, is that British? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like Silicon where did that Valley come style. from? <laughs> I don't know, yeah. They were all microdosing and they just decided to like switch it up, I guess. Just to start this conversation or is there like somebody that's really passionate about such a thing? Cheese on the bottom? Who would be passionate about that? that I mean, they... clearly somebody is, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's so crazy. Psychopath. A psychopath, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is it a grilled cheese that was like an afterthought? They're like, well, we might as well throw a burger on there. Oh, an afterthought burger. Ooh, sign me up for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's a 2 a.m. sort of like truly like a, a weed burger is, you know, a, a grilled cheese that becomes a burger. Okay. So that, that's I definitely can't... something that could happen in our world. What was the other option? Just a regular burger? Yeah. Apple gets it right. Apple's got bun, burger, cheese, lettuce, tomato, bun, which is, you know, But then they offer the right a second option. And is that just so we can all judge people on their choice? 
<laughs> it's the other platform. You know how there are like the different styles oh, of emojis on the different platforms? Got yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Controversial. I do Sanity. think you're right, though. It's a really good like first date question just to get the red flags out of the way. If they say she's on the bottom, we are out. Run. Run. <laughs> What's your favorite sandwich? Do you have a favorite sandwich? Oh, I, I, Mike, you got to go first on this one. I feel oh. like you have strong opinions on sandwiches. I do. Well, I, okay. Does everyone have their seatbelts on? Here we go. Uh, <laughs> she's so, on the bottom. She's on the bottom. <laughs> Red flags are just fucking waving. <laughs> Um, right now, I'm on a big um, turkey club kick with a lot of mayonnaise, um, but I wouldn't say that's my favorite sandwich all time. Um, that's just my current top yeah. favorite, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, if you were to say all time, I had a sandwich in Portland, and it was a chicken thigh with cheese, a grilled pineapple, and like Whoa. a King's Hawaiian bun, and it's oh, just the yeah. best sandwich I've ever had in my life. Anything with the Hawaiian bun, I feel like, is yeah. where it's at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mary Jane, I feel like you got one ready to go. I have an, a top all-time favorite sandwich, which is weird because I don't like tuna sandwiches. I think fish sandwiches are kind of gross. But there was a tuna sandwich at a restaurant that I used to work at in New York City, and they had the perfect combination of tuna, guacamole, the oh, right yeah. toast on the on the bread, and then super lemony. And then always great fresh tomatoes with a side of sour pickles. And it was, oh, I still think about that sandwich. I feel like that's like a pregnant woman sandwich. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you described <laughs> all like the pieces. That's beautiful. That yeah. is beautiful. Where did you work? Oh, it's called the NoHo Star. It was a fantastic place uh, right at the corner of Broadway and Lafayette. And we had just like amazing guests come through all the time. I got to wait on some of like... My icons, like um, David Bowie and Amon, would stop in every once in a while, or like just a, a gentle stop by by just Bowie. a random, yeah, just a random sighting of like you know, oh, Phil Collins is at the bar. What? Holy shit! Yeah. Wait, that's not the one where like the waiters sing, right? Um, not while I was there. Maybe at different times. Okay, I feel like there's like a famous diner that sounds like that, where like they're like trying to get their their start by singing at the. The diner. Oh, they would not have employed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so like happy, like I said, and so like honored to have you guys here. And obviously today my mom isn't here because she is sick at home. Um, but the whole start of this is because as I got older and would start drinking with my mother, I was like, oh, I can start like revealing these stories to her. And I, it sort of spiraled into this funny thing where it's like, oh, we all have these secrets that we've uh, hid in our closet all these years. And there's something like very nice about like revealing them to your parents now and uh, seeing how shocked they are. Um, and so I'm happy to hear your stories and I can't wait. But in doing so, I'd love to hear a little bit about both of your backgrounds in terms of sort of like setting the table for us and our audience as to what your history is and what it was like growing up with you so that we can kind of then enjoy the stories when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just tell you, some of our past guests have told us some crazy shit, so let it fly. Everyone's histories are so interesting to me. Oh, man. Okay, great. Um, it's, it's interesting you say that because be through doing Weed and Grub with Mary Jane, um, my parents, my mom, Wendy and Steve, have gotten to know Mary Jane. And now my mom will try to text Mary Jane. And <laughs> I will never forget one text that said, I know Michael is very difficult to be around at times. Oh my God. <laughs> and so to give you an idea of how I was as a child, I guess I would say 
It seems I was difficult. It seems. <laughs> Via the text, we now know yeah. you were difficult. <laughs> Where yeah. did you grow up? St. Louis, Missouri. I don't think I've ever met anyone from St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, I, um, I, I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't for me, um, but um, my whole family still lives there, and so does my brother and his husband. And so I'll go back maybe once a year and hang out at the house. But yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't call it like a place to go by any stretch a of the imagination. It's a small town or it's like a, it's a big city, right? It's a great city. It's a great sports city. Um, you can get like a shot of Jameson for two bucks, you know. Still. Still, yeah, it's fantastic. And there's good art, there's good museums. What am I talking shit about? I like it. Like, you know, I just don't live there. <laughs> Nelly was from there. It's great. <laughs> oh my God, I fucking love this place. Nelly. <laughs> yeah, but you were a pain in the ass? I was really difficult. Even from, I remember I was called, I, I had something growing as a baby called colic or something where I would just yeah. scream all night. Yeah. And I don't think that changed <laughs> once I could start talking. I was a fucking nightmare, man. Um, really difficult kid. And, Youngest uh, or oldest? Um, only child until I was about four. And then my brother, who's younger, was born. So I have like only child syndrome coupled with oldest child needing attention once this new child was born. So it's a lot. Um, it's a lot to manage, I would assume, uh, which is why I do stand up because I need strangers to like me. Um, <laughs> and so like, I, and so, and then I remember once I finally found hockey and hockey was like mm. my thing, um, I finally had an identity and something I could hold on to that was my own. And I think my life um, and my, I, me as a person just got infinitely better once I found something that I could really hook my teeth into, sink oh my, my teeth into. Wow. Yeah. You can hook them depending on how your teeth are, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Crooked teeth. Your parents must have been so thrilled, although I feel like hockey's scary. Well, I was a goalie. And so the cool thing was I had all the, the most equipment on. Um, and so I was like super padded. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all about So they that. were okay with it. Were they strict? <laughs> like your parents? Boy. Helicopters? What we got going on? Um, I would say, I would say not, I don't know about helicopter. Is helicopter mean they're like always around? Is that the idea? Yeah, or like, like super managing, like making sure. Oh. I think that's a new term, right? For like our generation of parents, like helicopter parents who are just like micromanaging everything. I, I would say they did their fucking best in an impossible situation, I think is the best way to describe it. Because like I was I was stubborn. I knew who I was right away. I was hmm. telling my grandma that I was an atheist as soon as I could talk without <laughs> knowing what it meant. You know what I mean? Just like being a real shit stirrer. <laughs> That's amazing and so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, okay, this, so this is, I've told this on our podcast, Weed and Grub, but like the first time my parents left me alone at like, and they went out on a date and I was old enough to like be alone for an hour. I took an egg, I cracked it in a bowl, I mixed it with red food coloring and I laid it on the ground and then laid next to it in front of the garage door so that they thought that the first time they left me alone, I fell and split my head open as a prank. Fucking great. Fucking great. crazy. <laughs> Did they, were they freaking out? Oh, I, I can still hear my mom scream to this day and I'm like cackling like it's funny. It's just, you know, yeah. Scarred okay. for life. Oh my God. I, I think I sort of get the image and I can only imagine what stories that you have. Mary Jane, where are you from? I grew up in Newfoundland off the East Coast of Canada. 
Whoa. Um, yeah, it was a great place to grow up. Really remote. Like the cops don't have guns, no locked doors, seals and icebergs, you know. Is it still a, like that? Very much so. Yeah. Whenever I go home, I sort of am just blown away by how cool it is. It's an incredible place if you ever get to visit. I grew up in St. John's, which is the quote unquote big city, which is still small. So yeah, it was an awesome place to be a kid. When did you leave? Uh, as soon as I could. <laughs> I got out when I was 16 and I oh, moved whoa. right to Montreal and uh, and then I've, I've, I've never moved back. But that's where my mom still is. And um, and I love going back. It's a fantastic place. It was like a great place to run around and get into trouble without getting into trouble. You know, like mm -hmm. when I was really thinking about the stories that I wanted to talk about, I was like, you know, I did some crazy things that I think if you had gotten up to in a in a bigger city with more sort of peril around every corner, I, I probably would have had different endings to a lot of those stories. But Absolutely. they weren't bad stories because I was in an awesome place. Also, I feel like times are so different now. Like uh, our childhoods were very different as opposed to what these kids are allowed to do now. Like our parents totally. would just let us run around on the streets and walk places by ourselves. And like, unfortunately, that's just like not really the case now. So different times. But do you have siblings? And how? tell me about your parents a little. Yeah. So my sister was 11 years older. So she was out of the okay. house by the time I was five. So we both kind of had like only child existences, but then we're very, very close later in life. And my mom and dad were really both kind of brilliant and interesting academics. My dad was a fisheries scientist and my mom is a writer and editor. And so they were both like very busy with their own pursuits all the time. So I was really left to my own devices a lot of the time. Um, I think because I, we were in kind of a safe city and also because they weirdly trusted me to like, I remember going fishing when I was eight years old, all by myself, like walking down to the river with my fishing reel and catching a trout and bringing it home to like make my dad proud. Wait, what? <laughs> That's like, like the most like old school. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. It was so like, that was currency in my, in my family though. It was like, if you could make yourself useful in like an interesting way that meant that you were valuable and that was like my sort of like quest for being liked all the time was like you know memorizing the scientific names of creatures or you know I just really wanted my dad's approval and he really only cared if you were talking about fish so I grew up in that kind of like very fishy biological environment and um and then went into the arts and was a huge disappointment in many ways. But <laughs> I mean, I feel like we all are to yeah. our parents. That's a common thread. Oh my God, that's you're fascinating. You could write a whole movie about your childhood. I feel oh like that's goodness. something that'd be a great Hallmark movie. Yeah, definitely. There are some great uh, movies that have come out of Newfoundland, and I feel like there's room for more stories because it's really like an island nation full of you know these rugged people who all really care about each other. I don't know if you've seen Come From Away. The musical no. come from away that was after no. in the in the wake of uh 9-11 a bunch of planes landed in newfoundland i did see come from away yeah. oftentimes i'll see things and not remember that's <laughs> <laughs> so that's where i'm from like that's the community the sense of sort of like taking care of one another in order to so that everyone can thrive like it's a, it's a really beautiful place wow and you both like the common theme i'm feeling is like you both were a little bit ahead of your times as and like grew up a little fast or at least had that mentality. I wonder if you guys connected in some weird way on that. Like just the way both of you sound like your childhoods, you were both kind of like ahead of your time a little bit. Old souls? Is that what they call old souls? Old souls and maybe like fiercely independent. Yeah. Um, you know, where it's like, uh, I'm, I'm just a bull with my head down charging forward and then you know, do you want to run next to me? Great. Like, let's run next to each other. You know, that kind of feeling. And I think that's where 
I also connect with Mary Jane because I'm sorry, I'm pimping you into a story, but um, for <laughs> because it's as this is being recorded, it's near Christmas time, and um, I surprised my family with a huge ice sculpture of a NASA yes. rocket outside of my house on Christmas morning. <laughs> It just said NASA, and it was a rocket that said Happy Holidays from the Glazers, and it was this huge ice sculpture. And um, one of the first times Mary Jane told me a story was about her dad giving the best birthday present I've ever heard to her sister for her front yard. So we have these, like, awesome parallels. If you want to say it, it's not my story. Oh, so my, my dad, like I said, was a fisheries biologist, and he had gone on a research mission in the Sargasso Sea, and he brought my sister back a six-foot blue shark as a specimen for her to dissect in our front yard. And my sister was a shark <laughs> biologist. And so she was so excited. I think it was like her her like 13th birthday. And she had this six foot long shark that rotted in our front yard while she slowly dissected it over several months. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. That's, uh, is there a picture of that somewhere? Somewhere, yes, yes. That's <laughs> fantastic. Were your neighbors like, what the fuck? Or your community was like into it? I feel like they were kind of into it. Like it was definitely, you know, I remember like the house that we grew up in just had all sorts of like weird dead stuff in jars and, you know, around every corner there would be like a, a vertebrae from a giant beast or something. It was like, it was, they were kind of into it. Yeah. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> I'm telling you, like just hearing about people's childhoods, you always just assume they're just going to be like kind of normal or not normal, but, you know, just kind of white bread. Um, and I'm always just so fascinated and maybe it's an artist thing. I'm not sure, but, uh, these are fantastic. How did y'all get into weed? And then I'd love to get into the stories, but like one, how did you get into weed? And two, do you think it's, I mean, obviously added to your life in such beautiful ways, but do you think your personality type benefits even more because of it? I, definitely, it's enhanced my life in every possible way. I mean, it's given me my career. I write about uh, weed for, you know, a bunch of outlets, Rolling Stone and Vox and other places. And, you know, I started out at High Times Magazine. So it's it's given me my career. It's given me my podcast with Mike. It's made so many of my connections with some of my favorite people on the planet. It's helped me overcome a lot of um, behavioral sort of like anxiety issues. And, and, you know, it certainly helps me sleep, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And um, you know, it just helps me relax. Uh, I love connecting with people at parties over a joint. You know, it's it's the greatest. But my I came to it kind of late. Like, even though my name is actually Mary Jane. I know. I, <laughs> I mean, come on. It's perfect. <laughs> my Yeah, my parents were very, very strict about any kind of drug use. And um, so there was, you know, zero of that in my house growing up. They were definitely not hippies. And um, so when I started sort of experimenting yeah. when I was a teenager, I really had to keep it um, sort of you know, very, very on the lowdown. And then mm -hmm. when I found it later in life as sort of this connector and like fun recreational substance, um, I was like pretty um, careful with it because it didn't always work for me because I feel like, especially this is my experience with a lot of women, we're expected to do like giant bong rips and then be social. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, so I think that's that was sort of my experience for a while. I wasn't all that comfortable with with definitely weed in like social situations because it can make me introspective. And so like doing a giant bong rip and then being expected to like hang out with a bunch of strangers, I was like, oh no, I don't like this at all. Um, but I could see that it worked for other people around me. And so I was really moved to keep trying. And then when I discovered <laughs> when I moved to California, 
And this oh, is the fantastic God. thing about legalization is that like you have the option to look for consistency and lab testing, all that kind of stuff where you can really dial in your experience. And I discovered, okay, I actually like like really high CBD outdoor strains or what, you know, low dose edibles, all this kind of thing. So like when I figured out my situation, it became a daily part of my life. And um, that's kind of right around the time I met Mike. Kicking it over to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, the, what's, the, what's the question? I was just curious, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Why yeah. weed, Mike? <laughs> Why weed? And also, how do you think it like played into your personality uh, as your childhood personality kind of changed and grew? How did it benefit you and sort yeah. of add to? I I always say, and I I say it because it's true. It helped me be a better me from like a really early age. I don't know if it's young to start smoking weed around thirteen, fourteen, but that's like right around when I did. And I right away I was like, oh, I'm I'm less anxious. I'm more like able to feel like a person around other people and not just crack jokes all the time to like protect myself from saying something wrong. Like I, I immediately was able to like dial in um, who I was in a way that made me feel good about myself. And then I started uh, selling it um, right around the same time. I, I can't remember what the working ages are in Missouri, but I was working at a place called Emo's Pizza, the Square Beyond Compare. <laughs> Shout out to Emo's, and uh, and I was Emo's. like a, I was a, I was a register guy and a pizza cook, and then I would sell um, weed out of the back. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Just. You this know. all lines up, yeah. yeah. And then Kevin Smith like walked by and was like, "I think I can write a movie about this kind of shit." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the thing is, and I would have told this tale today on the show, but what started happening was I started selling more and more weed, smoking more and more, and I ended up getting caught by my parents because a guy came up to my fucking house after school one day, knocked on the door and asked for me. And then my mom was like, who are you? And it's like, oh, I'm a friend of Mike's. And she's like, I've never seen you before. And he's like, oh, well, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. He didn't even go to our fucking school. Like, just word got around. And oh, so shit. then he, he like, he's like, yo, can I get a whatever he said loud enough that it came into the house? And I had to be like, get out of here and pretend I didn't know. And then they sat me down and they were like, look, whatever, we know whatever you're doing. If you want to say what you're doing, and we would like you to stop doing that. And so um, I, I, I've gotten caught more than I've gotten away with anything in my life. And maybe that's a good thing, you know? Maybe that is a good thing. Your parents, yeah. like, had a good eye on you. Yeah, I think so. So Did you um, make a lot of money, though, before then? Yo, cash is amazing. I, like, <laughs> I love cash so much. Because then in college, in college, we would, um, one, of the, one of the places I went, um, opium came through there a lot. And so, like, all my friends and I would make this side money selling opium, and, oh like, that's how God. we would pay for everything. And that Wait, was, what like... what school was that? Um, okay, should I say? Uh, yeah, who cares? Um, <laughs> it's called um, Truman and then Southeast Missouri State is okay. the two schools I did that at. Um, Southeast Holy Missouri shit. State more. But, um, but, yeah, like, it's always been good cash, and I'm pretty lucky to have not gotten in the kind of trouble that... I think we're all aware yeah. of that you can get in for something that should be federally legal. So, um, but yeah, yeah. But I would also say like um, having smoked since 13, 14 years old all the way to today, um, 
I've also taken massive breaks away from it to like reset my system because I don't want to use it as a crutch. I'd rather use it as a tool. So I try and be conscious about the way I use it as well. So I'm not just like waking up and getting stoned 24 seven because I don't think that's beneficial either. Yeah. Interesting. Also, guys, what about our weed dealers in college? What are they doing now? I'm like worried about them. Like, what's Dave doing? You know what I mean? Like, Dave, what what is Dave up to? Is he okay? How does Depends he make money? Where, where is Dave? What state is Dave in? Because... Dave is into <laughs> NFTs. You know that motherfucker's into <laughs> NFTs. He is a crypto mover and shaker. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, what is Dave and the family? I went to school at UC Irvine. And so I don't I don't know if there was that many many drug dealers down there, but we found Dave. Yeah, Dave. Dave's still killing it on the what we now call the legacy or the traditional market. He's he's crushing it. Also, definitely into crypto, as Mike says. <laughs> to crypto. All right, I'm gonna follow up with Dave. I'm gonna figure out how to find him and that's, oh, like this now. That's one of the things about legalization that's so wild is that it has not done what it set out to do, especially in California. Like there, that whole traditional market still very much exists. It is. It yeah. does. Mm -hmm. Really? Why? Because it's cheaper. Well, because the um, legalization really messed it up. Like they came in with all these crazy taxes and regulations and made it impossible for all the people who built the industry to actually participate in said industry. So all those people were like, well, we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing. And they're, they're still doing it. <laughs> Should I start buying from Dave again? He yes. probably has better weed than the legal stuff. <laughs> okay. Guys, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but as I said, lab tested and regulated is, you know, really the way to go. Yeah, totally. And Dave. Um, or, and Dave. I mean, I fucking love Dave. That was like one of my Dave. best memories from college. I don't know how we found Dave. He didn't go to school with us. Like, but it was Dave and his brothers who were probably like really scary in retrospect. We're probably doing some crazy shit. Like they had a big fucking vault that they would keep closed, but they loved us and they took care of us, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Man, there's a, there's a code in that whole world that truly, like, there's some ethics and some morals that people, I think, really got poisoned against because of all the weird propaganda around the drug war. But, like, there's a moral code amongst those dealers on that market that, like, I respect. Yeah, dude, respect. Mad respect. I also did whippets for the first time with Dave. Great time. <laughs> whippets, whippets are so dumb. I don't are get they? it. I've never done them. It's, it's stupid. It just goes wah, 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 wah for like two seconds and everything like gets dizzy and then that's it. And then you're a little dumber. Mm. You know, it's not right. worth it. Stick with weed. Um, yeah. All right. Sorry, we got so off, off topic. I have so many questions to ask you guys and I can't wait to keep talking um, about weed in a bit. But now we have set the stage here and I would love to hear these stories that you've been holding on to. Do your parents know these stories now? No. Really? Not in my case. Would you feel comfortable telling them? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I think to some degree my mom knows a, a little bit, but not the extent. Let it out. Yeah. It feels it's therapeutic now. Ooh. Okay. So <laughs> I was like a Release. super, su yeah, I was a super nerd, um, you know, obviously big time people pleaser, like catching trout to make my dad proud. <laughs> You know, like trying so to. So sweet. <laughs> I was like really concerned with grades and all that kind of stuff. And then when I hit, you know, that critical like 13, 14 period of my life and I had started doing plays and I was kind of hanging out with a different crowd, I just got really awkward at school. And then the people that I had really liked at school that I had been friends with up until that point kind of turned on me. And. Oh. 
I, I don't want to call it like bullying because I don't think it was necessarily like they were actively trying to make my life worse, but they just kind of cut me out. And um, so my reaction was to stop going to school and I ended up in grade nine. So my parents would go to work and I would like leave the house with them as they went to work. And then I would turn around and I would go right back to the house and I would hide behind the couch in the living room all day long, reading books and eating snacks. And then at like 2.45, I would leave the house and I would walk down the block and then I would pretend to be coming home from school. And I did that for a total, I think. I tallied it up at the end of grade nine and I had missed 13 weeks of school. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> the school didn't say anything? Not really. Like, I'm not sure how I exactly slipped through the cracks, but it was this very weird, like, so... In where I'm from in Newfoundland, the grade nine sort of like there's a junior high grade seven, eight and nine. And then there was a high school that was grades nine through 12. So you could either be at the junior high for grade nine or at the high school for grade nine. And they didn't necessarily know where you were. And I was also in a French immersion program, oh, cool. which was another layer of like sort of like they weren't necessarily keeping track of the kids who were in that program. So I just kind of like slipped through the cracks and managed to. Um, you know, turn in all of the necessary like papers and tests and do what I had to do to sort of pretend that I had been there. But they didn't really notice that I wasn't there. Oh, my God. This is like every <laughs> kid's dream. Yeah. You fucking got away with it. I, I did. Like I set myself up. I mean, that was kind of the blueprint for later on when I actually just like left home at 16 and like fully didn't go to school for all of 12th grade. And just did that like as a correspondence course, basically on my own. But ninth grade was like truly, yeah, I was like hiding behind that couch every day and listening to my parents go to work and then coming home and being like, why did you hide behind the couch? They were gone. <laughs> I don't, I don't really remember. I just think that that was like, I felt like if I For was just someone like, someone's so smart, man, <laughs> well, spread like, out, spread out. I knew that I could be caught. Like if I were in the house and anyone came home at any moment that the ruse would be up. So that, you know, I just, and it was a big couch. It was a very comfortable space. I made a little nest. I had some pillows. It was a little fort. Oh, my God. Can I ask you, you a question, Mary Jane? Do you mind, Lisa? No, please, by all means. Well, do you, like, I'm sorry, but, like, you skipped school to read? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I loved reading books, and I didn't want to go to, like, that weird, you know, ninth grade classroom with those girls who really made me feel bad about myself. There was also an army of Nicoles that I was trying to avoid. There were five oh, girls yeah. all named Nicole, but they all had different hair and they all spelled Nicole a different way. It was like <laughs> truly alarming. And so I was this kind of like shy, weird theater kid who, you know, I had been a nerd, but like I wasn't nerdy enough for the nerds anymore. And I wasn't cool enough to be a Nicole. And I had been athletic, but I wasn't athletic enough to be a jock. Like, I was just in that weird sort of interim. And, like, that sort of period of my life, I just, like, I totally went to ground. And I, like, figured out who I was. And I did emerge, I think, like, really knowing a lot about myself at the end of it. But, yeah, I, re I read books behind the couch. Specifically, like, adult fiction that was a little too sexy for me yeah, at that age. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That, may that makes this a little cooler, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Lie Down with Lions by Ken Follett. There is a sex scene in a cave in Afghanistan. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> kind of gnarly. Ordering but... now. <laughs> I I'm shocked that you got away with that. I, That's yeah. so badass besides the reading part. But I mean, re reading now is cool, but 
Lie Down with Lions. Yeah, there it is. I don't know if it holds up, but at the time, man, that book was formative. Like Sexy Lions? <laughs> it's it's um, it's like a love story between like a KGB agent and a CIA agent set in Afghanistan, and they're like fighting over a woman, and they're it's very sexy. Yeah, Ooh. hot. All right. Noted. <laughs> That's crazy. I actually think that might be one of the crazier stories, just in theory, that you were able to skip that much school and nobody knew. Nobody <laughs> we've knew. Heard, we've heard some wild <laughs> stuff. That, you just dropped that so casually. That's wild. It was crazy. I mean, my dad was like out in the field doing research for weeks at a time. So he wasn't really present to like police, you know, my school time. And then my mother was working a full-time job at a printing press as an editor. So she had long days. My sister was out of the house and there was, I guess, no truant officer or I don't know why they didn't, like I had transferred from the junior high to the high school and maybe no one noticed that I just wasn't at either one. <laughs> Terrible administration. Very bad. I, I hope they've figured it out. Yeah, it was wild. And then like that high school was actually like, it was at Holy Heart of Mary. It was a good high school. You know, the nuns were like, you know, great teachers, kind of mean. But um, yeah, they just didn't notice. I'm, I'm blown away, honestly. An inspiration to all kids out there. Hide behind the couch. That's amazing. Hide behind the couch, eat snacks, read books. Oh, God. <laughs> For three months. For, I mean, yeah, it was truly like it was over the course of the whole year. I managed to pull it off for like a long extended, like I would miss a week and then I would go back and write an exam or I would, you know, turn into a school project and then I'd miss another week. And I'm sure I also probably concocted some elaborate tale about like needing to go on trips with my parents or something. Like I really do feel like, like I don't Ferris really remember. Ferris Bueller, but like... Full on. I I think, do you know who Pippi Longstocking is? Do you know that? Of course. Yeah. I fancied myself like I was like a Pippi Longstocking. I was like, I'm living in this house by myself. Nobody can tell me what to do. Instead of the horse, it was just a fish outside. Exactly. That your dad brought your sister. (laughs) Yep. That's a great movie, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Should think about writing that. She was my inspiration. (laughs) I loved Pippi Longstocking. Me too. All right, Mike, did you skip school? Man. I got expelled, but so they made me skip. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you get expelled for? um, It was senior year of high school. And we all did a, um, like the seniors every year go to a baseball game. Like the school pays for you to go to a game and they put you in a bus and you go to the, see the Cardinals. And so of course, before the school day starts, we all met at my friend's. And we all just took as many beer bongs and bong rips as possible, right? And then you <laughs> get course. to school, you keep it together for 20 minutes, you get on the bus, and then you're fucked up at a, or messed up at a baseball game. And um, it's the first time I had ever tried dip. I'd never tried dip before. And I was so, it, it, it knocked my socks off. Like, I, I don't think I could do it again, honestly. It really messed me up. And it messed my friend up so much that he ended up, projectile puking all over oh, yeah. strangers in front of us oh, and then no. the the teachers came over because he's a mess and then he narked on everybody like he just took down the ship like it was the titanic and he was the iceberg uh-uh. uh-huh oh. and then so we all got expelled and then they tried to get me to say whose house we were at they were trying to get even more and i was like senior year like you're all meaningless to me i'm out of here like and so i just took the um, I took the uh, expulsion and played basketball. Yeah, yeah, Good it was man. great. But, you know, Mike, I remember my dad crying oh. in front of them being like, he's not going to get into college. I was like, I'm getting into college. This is not, what are we talking about here? Like, you know, <laughs> stop it. Just relax. Um, but what about your lacrosse scholarship? I 
it's not going to happen. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> so I got expelled. So, um, but the really nice thing, I had a really good group of friends around me. And when I got back from being expelled, um, they all wore t-shirts that said like, welcome back Mike on them. And like, yeah. so like, it felt really great. I felt really good. <laughs> it worked out in your benefit. Yeah. You're the man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. So, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I wasn't a school skipper. Um, I was actually too scared. I, I really, I did bad, crazy things, but I also was like, it was really important to me to feel like a good person. And so, mm. you know, I think like, I, I think it's complicated. Like I, the two stories that came to mind, one is, um, I guess a little less interesting. I just cheated my way through math so bad in same yeah right it's math's fucking hard <laughs> yeah well two things one is his name's mr chazen he had an affair with a girl in my class that was a wild dude that was that's a wild more one. common than not did you right? that's that's crazy yep. there's a teacher and a student that are now married from my high school oh my god fucking married and like have a family like and it like I guess teachers aren't that old. Do you know what I mean? Like, was your sure. teacher Mr. Chasen? Oh, no. Like, you could see that he was clubbing the night before yeah. on, like, a Sunday, and he came in wearing his clubbing clothes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did everyone know they were hooking up? Um, once the rumors started, it was, like, it, it had already been going on, I think, for quite a while. And um, and I, I don't think she apologized. She was like, yeah, we like each other. You all need to grow up. I'm out of here soon, too. Like, And so I cheated my way through... <laughs> math all high school but the part that I was really bummed about I think his name was Mr. Linneman or something really good teacher he let me sleep through class you know those calculators TI-83 baby the fucking 83s mm -hmm. I've you write did you write the answers on the back of the you fucking know it yes, yes you do <laughs> dude it was the classic move mm -hmm. yeah wow That's Mary Jane do you know the 83 yeah the 83. <laughs> that I think shit so. was expensive and complicated, so I'm glad we got the best use out of it. It was like 100 Absolutely. bucks. Yeah. It was like 100 bucks. You know what's so funny? We had another uh, guest on the podcast who also used that method for cheating. It was very common. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, like, you know how you pretend to sleep and then you slide it open and see the yep. answer and then you wake up? Like, you don't sleep during a test. Like, he's not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then one time... I um, taped a $20 bill to the back of the test and just wrote between us, would love to pass this, and just taped a 20 to the back. And then when he handed the test back to me, I was like, 20's probably gone, probably got it. And I got a D and the 20 was on the back. Like, he just never <laughs> said anything to me. I was like, all right. Wait, that's so brilliant that you try to bribe your teacher. That's, <laughs> that's like next level cool, honestly. <laughs> Take some major stones. Sincerely. <laughs> like, I was I just wanted to get out of there. Get out of there. Uh never got caught though, huh? Never. Well, I mean, props to him for not making a meal out of that choice and instead just being like, this guy's got one foot out the door anyway. He's doing other things. So I do like I think my teachers were really good and they understood that certain things weren't for certain people and to not shame them for you know. That's right. Those are the best teachers who like get it. They see you and they know you're a good kid and that you're going to excel in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Really well said. Exactly. 
Yeah. The 20, though, that's pretty dope, honestly. I'd be so proud of my kid if they did that. I think that's so cool. I probably, like, sold somebody a gram and then was like, I'm going to flip this into my math grade or some, like, crazy. (laughs) Wait, you were selling $20 grams? Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Good for you. (laughs) This guy had business sense from the start. That's And your parents never knew either that you were a cheater. No, never. Because I, I like grades were so important to me. Um, so important to me. And um, like even down to I got a C in handwriting in third grade because I'm a left I'm, I'm left handed. And so everything I would write would smear across the oh, page. Yeah. And I got a C in handwriting. And I remember like bawling, just like bursting into tears that like like my handwriting was not was not good enough. So like it's it's always been really important to me that adults think that I'm a, I'm an A plus student, you know. Wait, but Mike, didn't you create something to like solve that problem? Don't I remember you telling a story about like making? Didn't you invent Is something? This a Shark Tank pitch. Okay. Yes, Lisa Shark. Yes. <laughs> I am coming to you today uh, for ten percent of my company, the Roller Rider. The Roller Rider is made out of Legos with four wheels on it, and you rest your hand on the roller, and then you can roll your hand across the paper as you write. And because the wheels are high, it'll go over the paper and you won't smear the ink as you go. Will you do it for 15%? Will you do 12 and a half? You got yourself a deal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Does that exist? That's great. I don't know, but I used it all fourth grade because I was like, I'm never getting a bad grade in handwriting again. I'm just going to use this thing all year. And uh, and I got an A in handwriting. So that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. You guys are both very smart, inventive, young motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. I want to hear some more stories. And also we have uh, some fan submissions of stories that they've been holding on to. Uh, And so I would love to hear your feedback on that. Be right back. Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment to say a big thank you for all your support on this podcast. It means the world to us and it helps us keep going. So if you take the time to rate and review the podcast, that would mean so much to us. Uh, Be honest, tell us what you think. But if my mom was here, she would say, but be kind. Uh, Also, we're about to share some stories. Do you want us to read yours? Well, come share your ungroundable stories with us over at ungroundablepodcast.com. Also, y'all know it. I've said it over and over again, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's worth saying we have a Patreon. Come on over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash ungroundablepodcast. We have a lot of stuff going on over there. You can hang out with other members. There's early access to these episodes. It's also the only place you can actually see the full video of this podcast um, and all my expressions and all their glory. And also there's a whole nother show over there with Jeff and I called Sidebar. And we also do live stuff. So head on over. Yeah, that's what I got for you. Let's get back into this episode. I have so many more questions and I can't wait to read your stories. All right, we are back and ready to jump into some fan submissions. I like to preface this by saying I never read these ahead of time, so I never know what we're getting ourselves into. So let's do this. Uh, Here we go. And story number one. I found my brother's weed in his room and smoked it with my friends. When he noticed it was gone, he got so mad at me, but he couldn't tell our parents or he'd get in trouble too. Dang. Dang. 
typical brother. Well, you guys both have siblings that are a little bit more far apart. Did you experience stealing of each other's items or doing bad things with your sibling? I, I was lucky enough to have like a very cool sister who married a guy who smoked a lot of weed and was one of the first people that I actually smoked a joint with. Oh, so that's nice. I love yeah. that. Yeah, it was great. It was a, it was like a really cool sort of way into because it felt like I was doing it with like a responsible grown up, even though totally. he was probably just like 22 at the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mike, did awesome. you, you and your brother party? Uh, my brother is a special, ed it works in special education, runs marathons and loves Disney. He's not big on. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would hope that that person um, maybe gets to smoke with their brother. Because I do think it's a good way to bond when you both can, you know, like put on some music and sit outside and eat some chips and dip and, you know, and kick just it. Just go there. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever smoked with my brother, but I have smoked a few times with my mother. And that is a trip. I mean, she's not the best with weed. I wish she was here to tell you her stories. Like she, I think she doesn't know her like limits. And so she'll, you know, she freaks out, but we've done it a few times and it's hysterical. It's a great way to bring family members together. That's, That's so awesome. fun. Also, yeah. I would say to your to your letter writer, like it's never too late to replace that stash. You know, like it's do a good deed, <laughs> do a good deed, and like yeah, meet me by the dumpster. I got yep. you. Let's go. <laughs> I truly love and appreciate that. Yeah, give it back. It's never too late. It's a great Christmas gift. Yep. <laughs> um, next, I used to sneak into my local movie theater before there were assigned seats. My friend would buy one ticket and go inside. Then she'd announce herself to the ticket attendant that they needed something from their car and they'd be right back and then she would hand the ticket and then we'd walk back in separately my friend would uh let right in since she was recognized and i would flash the ticket and then i would uh had to hop out of a sometimes you know these submissions <laughs> they don't quite make sense but i think i get the theory where they buy one ticket and then do the pass off which is a good move brilliant absolutely yeah did you Those... ever do the staying in the movie theater and walking to the next movie Buy one ticket and movie hop? Always. I Classic. do it today. It's my favorite way to have a Sunday afternoon when you see like a 1 p.m. matinee and then you catch one third, two thirds or a whole full other movie and you just spend the whole afternoon in the movie theater. Happen. They don't they don't care. I feel like they don't care. Yeah. You think they care? I, I say that to justify it. <laughs> I mean, it's just teenagers now. And I also feel like movie theaters are so like vacant because of COVID. Yeah. So they're just happy to like have you there if you just keep buying concessions. I will say that's how I saw Blair Witch and I had not heard about Blair Witch in advance. So I was totally traumatized by that movie because I thought it was real, real. Yeah. Real, real, real. And I was so freaked out. I slept with the lights on for maybe a month and didn't go camping for a very long time. That's but scary. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of like, yeah, there were so many scary movies. Uh, uh, Oh, I wanted to share like two things. One is, I, if for this this listener who submitted this, I don't know if you know, but a Subway sandwich is the exact size of a hoodie pocket. And so that's also a real fun thing to do is to is like really? sneak in a whole foot long. Yeah, it's a beautiful design. <laughs> and so you can sneak in a whole Subway sandwich if you want. <laughs> Wait, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I, one of my favorite rituals with Mike is whenever we've like had a weed and grub day together, then we'll walk to the Grove, we'll eat an edible on the way to the Grove, 
just as it kicks in, we'll pick up some food at the farmer's market and then we'll go and we'll settle in our seats in the movie just as the edible kicks in. And it's it's truly like a, a spiritual experience. What do you get at the Grove to eat? Fried sushi. I Say didn't what? Know. I where, know. <laughs> where? Where is it? It's in the farmer's market? It's in the farmer's market. I can't remember the name of the stand. I will, fi- I will find it out and I will send it to you because Please. truly, if you've never had it, there is a fried roll that they do and not just like a crispy roll but not like, like a, a tempura moment like a no, fully fried like a fully fried roll and I always crave like fried chicken or you know like those yummy crunchy battered things fried sushi feels like I'm doing something good for myself when I'm really mm-hmm. not but it's like oh my god <laughs> what's your go-to Mike um I, I I'm a uh, AMC premium stub member because I love popcorn so much yeah. I I'm a popcorn freak so I get that big extra large with a ton of butter might even get a refill depending on how long the movie is how does your stomach handle all that popcorn man so poorly so so poorly (laughs) (laughs) i was i love popcorn man it always hurts so bad yeah yeah oh and also mary jane will you talk about the guy who snuck in the whole box uh oh the pizza (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was great. When I was living in New York and my boyfriend at the time really tried to pull a very, like a chivalrous move, I would call it. He tried to sneak in an entire pizza um, strapped to his back like a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> With like a jacket over? Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like, you know, Grease was run, like running down his... Oh. It was like, it, it didn't work out. We got found out we were not allowed to bring the pizza in. Um, but I, I just thought I was like really impressed. I was like, this might be marriage material, you know, it didn't work <laughs> did out, you, but I was going to say, like, did you end up marrying him? No, I didn't okay. end up marrying him. Reader, I did not, but I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Well, guys, I appreciate your time so very much and your stories. I'm so fascinated by both of you and I can't wait to like learn more and chat more for those people that want to find you on the internet. Uh, can you let them know where and what you have going on that you're excited about uh you can find me at this is mary jane with an underscore after it nightmare i know but at this is mary jane underscore that's where i post about the, all the stuff that i write for various outlets and uh then weed and grub is our podcast and that comes out every wednesday we have great guests we're very excited to have you on i can't and, wait i'm so excited oh, it's so fun we have you know it's like cannabis and snacks are the cornerstones for conversations about everything under the sun and we really get into it and have a great time and uh you know we truly talk about like news and comedy and entertainment and it's it's just it's great so i hope people will tune in and check it out uh, that, yeah. Oh, and our Instagram for that is at Weed and Grub. And when you come on, you have to talk about your sandwich because we didn't get to your all-time and current sandwich as well. Deal, deal. Also, like, just bookmark this. I went down this rabbit hole of mommy weed bloggers. Like, mommy, like, the whole, like, m- weed-smoking mom culture. And I have so many questions about it. it. I find that that is such a fascinating whole shebang and i have so many questions it's i didn't know that existed it's a huge community it really is yeah and there's like a whole group too that are really dedicated to like smoking while parenting and smoking while pregnant which is a really interesting like niche because some people really recommend it they're like you know if you're dealing with morning sickness cannabis can and then other people of course are like what are you even talking about it's wild it's very divisive super interesting yeah any mommy stuff i imagine is super divisive yeah so i just like got i got sucked in i was so fascinated by this 
It's wild. Yeah. Okay. Many questions to come. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you guys so very much. I just think you're lovely and I look forward to joining you on your podcast soon. Can't wait. Wait, Mike, you didn't share your IG handle for all your comedy. Oh, Mike, oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, quickly, it's at Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo. Um, depending on when you listen to this, I'm throwing a big party at the comedy store on New Year's awesome. Eve. Uh, our, hey. first show, our first show sold out, so they were like, throw another one on New Year's Eve. Dude, that's and a huge deal. I'm really excited. Thank you so much, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, congrats. And then I'm recording my album here in L.A. January 13th. If you happen to be listening to this in January, come to that show as well. There we oh, go. my God, dude. You guys are doing great things, and I continue to cheer you on. I can't wait to see what's next. So stoked. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, so many takeaways from this. I'm gonna have to like re-download and think about this episode because they threw out so many gems, but the one major takeaway is that everyone cheats via the TI-83. Uh, so I'm sorry to people in high school now that you can't use the TI-83 because it really is a great cheating method. Uh, so happy to have them on and I was so honored that they joined us. How did you guys like the show? Let me know. You can come chat with us and our fun human content podcast family over on Instagram and TikTok at Human Content Pods, or you can direct us, directly contact us on the website, like we mentioned before, ungrantablepodcast.com. Today, we are giving a shout out to a listener who took the time to leave a comment over on YouTube. Guys, I put YouTube clips up every Monday. You know how to get there. Make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. So today, we're doing a shout out to Alex Whatever on YouTube. And this was in response to the Carl T. Wright episode. I mean, Carl T. Wright is always right. I love that man so much. This is one of my favorite episodes so far. I died laughing so many times, but I'd love to hear what the stepfather's reaction is now as an adult. I would love to hear that too. Uh, like, did he suspect something or does he not even remember it? Uh, insider answer to that. If you watch that uh, episode, I think that he knew the whole time. Not insider, but like, that's my assumption. Anyways, guys, yeah, that's over on YouTube. Thank you for taking the time to leave that review. And uh, if you guys leave a re review, I might read yours on the next episode. Like I said earlier, Patreon, we're over there. We're doing cool stuff, exclusive live hangouts with me and my friends, so much more. Patreon.com slash unrunnablepodcast.com. Um, not .com, is it .com? Yeah, I guess there is a .com on it. I'm losing my brain. Uh, okay, today we're doing a Patreon roulette and we are giving a shout out to bill andre for joining our patreon yes bill love you thank you so much for joining means the world to me and my mama well that's it for now guys thank you so much for listening i'm your host lisa schwartz and mom schwartz will be here next time i do believe special thanks to our guests mike blazer and mary jane gibson our executive producers are me lisa schwartz aaron corney rob goldman and shanti brooke our editor and engineer is jason portizo our music is by omer ben V, and our theme song is performed by Leah Donovan Jones. This is Ungrindable with Lisa Schwartz, and it is a human content production. But I'm bum bum! Yeah! Now I'm ready to get high and eat some food. Round table. Round table.